You're listening to the Passion Church Podcast. Our mission is to help people win by living a genuine Jesus-filled life. If you are ever in Cameron, Missouri, then come and join us and be a part of the Passion Church family. You can visit our website, passionchurchmo.com, to find out more about us. All right. Um, This morning, the title of my message is La La Land, Miss Universe, and the Kansas City Chiefs. La La Land, Miss Universe, and the Kansas City Chiefs. And you're probably wondering what that has to do with my message. Well, hopefully we can correlate that. And if you have your Bibles, it's going to be Genesis chapter 27. And there's a lot of scripture here that I'm just going to bounce around for time's sake, okay? I literally could read the whole script, uh, chapter, but I won't do that. La La Land, Miss Universe, and the Kansas City Chiefs. I don't know if any of you remember about four years ago at the Oscars, uh, they were going to present an award for the best picture. And they routinely draw it out. The, the, the big award of the night is the best picture. So they wait till the finale. finality. It's going to be great. It's going to be hype. And they're going to, as soon as the award, they, they speak. And then the television's over and probably the news comes on. And so they draw this all out. They, they probably have earbuds in their ears and someone's telling them what to do, what to say. You've got 10 seconds and, and they're about to give the award and they announce the award for the best picture. And the winner of the Oscars is La La Land. And La La Land rushes onto the stage, all 15 of them, and they're excited and, and they give their acceptance speech and, and they're talking, thanking my wife, I'm thankful for this, and blah, blah, blah. And all of a sudden, there's some rumbling behind them. You can see some unsettling and, and uh, things are going on. And all of a sudden, the guy's up there speaking and he goes, it looks like we didn't win after all. And so they say Moonlight is the winner and Moonlight comes onto the stage and everybody's looking for Ashton Kusher, uh, thinking somebody's pulling a joke on them, but this is no joke. It's just a mess up. But whether you're La La Land or Moonlight, there's some disappointment there. Because if you're La La Land, you thought, wow, man, I've uh, just received this great award only to about 30 seconds later or a minute later realize that you didn't get the award. And if you're Moonlight, you've won the award, but somebody else has stolen your shine. Somebody else has gotten the adulation and, 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 and thankful. So both people there, both parties are disappointed. And who can forget the Steve Harvey fiasco, the flub, when all of a sudden, once again, they draw it out for time, for television time. They bring it to the end, and they're, they're going to announce who's going to be Miss Universe. And he announces, Miss Columbia. And the nation rejoices. And the young lady, she's up there, and she's in tears. And someone comes and puts a tear on her head. And, and then they hand her the flowers, and they put the sash over her that no longer says Columbia. It says Miss Universe. And she's yet to take her first walk as the official Miss Universe for that year when Steve Harvey comes walking and he's walking like this. And his face is like this. And his face is now maybe a few shades lighter because he realizes that he has made a mistake. And he, he has the card there and he says, uh, please don't hold it against these girls. It's not their fault. It's not their fault. Uh, the real winner is, he couldn't even say miss, he said the real winner he shook up is Philippines. 
and now Miss Philippines is in shock. What does she do? And you have two young ladies there, and, and I believe it's the former Miss Universe there is there in between them, and she's rubbing the back of the one who just thought she won, but now she's lost. And she has to remove the tiara. She has to take off the rose and now give it to, or the flowers, and, and, and give it to Miss Philippine. But either side, there's great disappointment, right? You thought you've won, but in reality, you lost. And it's disappointing. Maybe you can relate. Maybe there's personal things in your life that are very disappointing. And, and uh, even right now, maybe your mind is thinking about those things. And how about the Kansas City Chiefs? I wore my Chiefs shirt uh, this morning, okay? We're all rejoicing, okay? But I've been a Chiefs fan all my life. A matter of fact, I had an uncle who was like a father to me. I may have told you that the last time I was here. And we had season tickets as far back as Municipal Stadium, okay? And at Arrowhead, when it first opened, we had season tickets. And when I become uh, an adult after a number of years, for 23 years, I held season tickets and I was disappointed year after year. I'll, I'll never forget uh, a number of years ago, about three or four years ago, when we had a 28-point lead, only to lose that lead. And I said, that's it. I'm done. No more Chiefs. The tickets are gone. I've wasted my money. I get disappointed year after year. Uh, they win throughout. They might win the division, but great disappointment because they would lose in the playoffs. But we got a new little sheriff in town now, don't we? His name's Patrick Mahomes. Uh, uh, there was even a story about him speaking things into existence when they asked him this question last year after his MVP season. He threw for 50 touchdowns and over 5,000 yards, and they asked him after that a month later, Patrick, how many touchdowns are you going to throw for next year? And he said this, just enough to get us to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Just enough to get us to the Super Bowl. Genesis chapter 27 Please forgive me, I am going to jump around a lot and read, unfortunately, uh, a lot of scripture, not unfortunately, but for time's sake, there is a lot here that I, I just want to present. And verse 2, it says this, Isaac said, I am now an old man and don't know the day of my death. Now then, get your equipment, your quiver and bow, and go out to the open country to hunt some wild game for me. Prepare me the kind of tasty food I like and bring it to me to eat so that I might give you my blessing before I die. And we know Rebecca, his wife, the, the, the kid's mother, was listening, and she told her son, Jacob, look, I overheard everything your father said to your brother Esau. Bring me some, some game and prepare me some tasty food to eat that I might give you my blessing in the presence of the Lord before I die. On down to verse 14. So she's telling Jacob what to do, and so he went out and got them and brought them to his mother, and she prepared some tasty food just the way the father liked it. Then Rebekah took the best clothes of Esau, her older son, which she had in the house, and put them on her younger son Jacob. She also covered his hands and smoothed part of his neck with goat skins. Then she handed her son Jacob the tasty food and the bread she made. He went to his father and said, My father. Yes, my son, he answered. Who is it? Jacob said to his father, I am Esau, your firstborn. I have done as you told me. How did you get it so quickly, my son? The Lord gave me success. Isaac said to Jacob, come near so I can touch you, my son, to know whether you're really my son Esau or not. The voice is the voice of Jacob, but the hands are the hands of Esau. He did not recognize him, for his hands were hairy and like those of his brother Esau, so he proceeded to bless him. Are you really my son Esau, he asked. I am, he replied. 
Then he said, my son, bring me some of your game to eat so that I might give you my blessing. Jacob brought it to him and he ate and he brought some of the wine and he drank. Then his father said to Isaac, then his father Isaac said to him, come here, my son, and kiss me. So he went to him and kissed him. And when Isaac caught the smell of his clothes, clothes, he blessed him and said, ah, the smell of my son is like the smell of a field that the Lord has blessed. May God give you the heaven's dew and the earth's richness, an abundance of grain and new wine. May nations serve you and the peoples bow down to you. Be Lord over your brothers and may the sons of your mother bow down to you. May those who curse you be cursed and those who bless you be blessed. Later on, Esau came from hunting. My father, please sit up and give me some, and eat some of my game so that may, you may give me your blessing. His father asked him, who are you? I'm your son, he answered, your firstborn Esau. Isaac trembled violently and said, who was it then that hunted game and brought it to me? I ate it just before you came, and I blessed him, and indeed he will be blessed. Esau is now crying and said, bless me too, my father. But he said, your brother came and deceitfully took your blessing. Esau said, isn't he rightly named Jacob? For this is the second time he has taken advantage of me. He took my birthright, and now he's taken my blessing. Then he asked, haven't you reserved any blessing for me? Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word today that uh, challenges us, that uh, gives us instruction, guidance. Father, may uh, this morning I speak with clarity, God, and may I be just a spokesman for you, Father. Father, I pray that uh, your people be challenged this morning, but more than that, when we leave here, God, that we can be uh, changed. Your word, every page of your word is a picture of Jesus on it, God, and may we see that here this morning. In Jesus' name I pray. Disappointment is what we're going to talk about this morning, and I could have uh, named this the big letdown, dreams shattered, dealing with disappointment. The word disappointment simply means this, sadness or displeasure caused by the non-fulfillment of one's hopes or expectations. You thought your family was bad when you think of all the drama and trauma in your own family, and we all have it. Um, Esau duped again by his brother, who cheated him out of his birthright when uh, he was younger. And maybe Esau should really be mad at himself because he's the one who sold it. He didn't value it enough to keep it that he sold it, the Bible says, for either some beans or stew. He was probably tough enough. He should have just beat up Jacob and took it, but he didn't. He sold it because he was, thought he was dying. One thing I can guarantee you uh, this morning with 100% certainty is that you will deal with disappointment at some point in your life. Uh, for some of it's more frequent uh, than others. For some of us, it could be daily. It might be weekly. Um, I'm sure my wife right now can give you a list, a detailed list of how many times I've disappointed her. She has a memory like an elephant. She's got a computer brain. And you know how we all, we all get in those arguments and, and, and I'll say, well, tell me when, I'll, I'll say, she'll say, tell me when I said that. And I'm like, I don't know when you said that. I just know you did. I just know you did that. And I'll say, well, you tell me when I said it. And she'll, she all of a sudden downloads the computer. 
we've got spreadsheets coming out, Excel spreadsheets, uh, PowerPoint demonstrations. And, and she gives all this evidence of all the times I've disappointed her. And I don't know if you've ever been in court before, but really, the guy usually with the most evidence wins, the, right? So you know where I stand. You know that I've lost another argument because of her memory, because of the great disappointments, unfortunately, that I've caused her. If you have your Bibles, turn to Hezekiah chapter 319. Hezekiah 319, it says this, Blessed is he who expects nothing, for he shall never be disappointed. And I see some of you right now looking for Hezekiah. There's no Hezekiah. I just made that, I just, I just made that up. And you're disappointed right now. There's no Hezekiah. The, I saw you looking. The, the truth is, it's our jobs as parents to teach and train our kids and help them deal with things that will be disappointing, help them deal with failures. In this age, everyone gets a trophy, a participation trophy. The real world's not like that. And maybe the school should help us a little bit. I can tell you, I, I don't know if I've ever used algebra or calculus or trigonometry Boy, I sure could use some help dealing with some disappointment in my life sometimes. Had somebody been there, I'll never forget, uh, God gave me a great stepfather after many years, and he passed my senior year in college, and, and I, I, going through some of my most difficult times, I was like, man, I wish I had a man in my life that could help me deal with these disappointing times that I'm going through right now. It might be as small as... Holly messing up your order at McDonald's, your disappointment. She did a great job yesterday. I saw her, and she was witnessing in there telling people about coming to church today. Yeah, it was awesome. Or it could be as disappointing as you finding out that your significant other is cheating on you. This morning, I want to present to you four areas in which you may experience disappointment. Number one, it's inevitable. You all know this. You will be disappointed by others. We've already talked about it in the spousal. You'll be disappointed by your BFF. You'll be disappointed by, unfortunately, your parents, uh, people, uh, kids. Your kids will break your heart sometimes, and you'll be disappointed by them. You'll be disappointed by your church members, and some of us are so finicky, you'll get disappointed by your pastors because maybe uh, they didn't say hi to you on the way out or didn't acknowledge you, and, and they're just human. Maybe they had something else on their mind. Maybe there was, they were somewhere else in their mind, uh, but yet we get disappointed in people, am I right? I'm sure Esau felt betrayed. Can you imagine? Can you imagine the disappointment when he is betrayed by his mother? Uh, whether Jacob was the favorite or not, I, I do not know that. Uh, the, we know this, that the, the person who's born first usually gets the the birthright and the blessings, and with that comes a position of authority, a, a position of obviously an inheritance, a prosperity, but, but it was more than that. It was when, when 
the father was to die. Now the oldest son takes the, a greater role, the patriarchal role, yes. And, and so he had to be disappointed to realize, hey, I'm not getting this. Not only am I not getting the money, I'm not getting the position either. A number of years ago, I had a man courting me. I used to work uh, at a dealership, a finance dealership in Kansas City. We were the largest dealership, finance dealership in Kansas City. And I was a general manager. And this man approached me, and this man is all over television. He has numer numerous businesses. You would, uh, if you have Kansas City TV, which you do here, you would see him on commercials. And I met him, and we ate and talked. And uh, he wanted to break into our line of work and wanted me. And I said, hey, I got a good paying job right now. I'm not really wanting to leave. But ownership would change that. If you want to give me a piece of the pie, I'm willing to do it. And he agreed to it, and he said, next week, I'm coming to pick you up. We're going to go look at properties. So now as I am driving home, dollar signs running through my eyes, okay, I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, this is it. This is going to set me up and my kids and maybe their kids. Because the guys that I know that have all been in this business, I can give you numerous examples have worked very hard for one year, maybe two. And the guy I used to work for, you might see him come in the office one time a year because it was like a cash cow and all you had to do was keep feeding it and it would produce like a machine. So in my mind, I'm thinking, boy, I am going to be set. And next week came and he never showed. He never called. He didn't answer my calls. He didn't answer my texts. You see, expectation plus reality oftentimes leads to disappointment. Secondly, we can become disappointed by circumstances. Uh, someone else got it, uh, the job, the, the recognition. Maybe you uh, put in a, a hard week at work to make this presentation and uh, it was great, but yet somebody else got recognized for it. Or someone else got the trophy, or someone else got the car, or the house. How about this circumstance for Esau? The Bible a lot says this a lot. I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and who? Jacob. I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Maybe it should have read, I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Esau. But Esau got bumped by his brother Jacob. You see, things don't always go as planned, right? There's things that happen that uh, it's unfortunately what I've noticed in, in my life is that some people seem to suffer more losses than victories. Uh, some people have a lot more victories in their life, and some have a lot more defeats and that's unfortunate. The Bible says it rains on the just and unjust. I, I don't have any answers for, for why that happens. It's just a reality. And maybe your circumstances, the marriage that you intended to last forever, uh, was forever until someone else stepped into the picture. Maybe your circumstances, your health issues that you deal with on a weekly basis, a daily basis, the struggles that you have. Maybe 
your issues are the finances that never seem to be enough, that you can never get ahead and you scratch and claw. Maybe for someone in here, it's infertility and you desire so bad to have a child, but you can't and you ask, why God? Maybe your circumstances is a career that you chose that you thought this is going to be great, I'm going to be happy, but only to find out it didn't bring any happiness and you're kind of miserable. I've been there. Maybe your circumstances, your family that you love so much, your children that you've raised in a godly fashion, and they just break your heart. There will be circumstances in our lives that will cause us great disappointment. A few years back, my wife and I, we get to go to California. Even before the ministry, we would go to California a lot. I just love it out there. We, we have a good time. Uh, we love the weather. We were just there, and it was 69 and sunny, and their 69 and sunny is better than our 69 and sunny here, I promise you. And we got off the plane, and it was 20 degrees. So you don't need to ask why I like California. But a few years back, my wife and I were headed up the I-5, headed north. And I was taking her to a shop that she likes to go to, a little lady's boutique, and she was going to go shopping. And during this drive up from San Diego, we're talking and praying, and, man, we want God to do something in our lives. We want God to open some ministry opportunities. We want to be used of God, and, and I don't want to work in this secular field anymore. And I kid you not, 10 minutes later, my phone rings, ring, 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 ring. Hello, I said, hey, it's so-and-so, and what are you doing? I'm in California, blah, blah, blah. I was thinking of you, he said. Um, I've just been given another church, he said, and, and I thought of you. And he said, uh, this told me where the church was at. He said, it has also a great feeding program where they feed a couple hundred people a week. And he said, I thought of you, and he said, would you be interested? And in reality, I'm kind of doing somersaults and flips. And I, I start writing this song before it was even written. Waymaker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, <laughs> my God. You know, and I'm thinking, gosh, boy, God, you answered this prayer fast. I can't believe it. And, and I'm thinking, and, and you do the Christian cliche thing. And I said, well, I, I did tell him this. I said, man, my wife and I were just praying, talking about I can't see how it can't be God, Okay. But I said, we will pray about it. And he said, well, I'll tell you what, we'll, we'll meet next week when you get back. You're going to see a trend here and a, or a pattern, and I'm not making this up. And next week came and no call. So now I'm calling him. Ring, ring, ring. No answer. Text, text, text. No answer. I could get my phone out right now and call the person. They would answer. I promise you. But ghost, silence, avoidance. Expectation plus reality oftentimes leads to disappointment. Thirdly, you might become disappointed in yourself or have been or will be because, you see, we all drop the ball from time to time. We all fail. We all pull a D Ford. How many remember D Ford? I, I'll never forget when Tom Brady threw that interception. Literally, I was jumping off my couch, hollering, we're going to the Super Bowl. And then the flag's right there. And they said, uh-uh, 
offside, somebody lined up in the neutral zone. And you know the rest of the story. We lost. But let's be honest, we've all done that. We've all done, done that on a different level. And maybe we have regrets. We disappointed ourselves. I, I have a regret. I had the chance to get my master's degree paid for. And you know what? I chose not to. You know why? I was too lazy. I didn't want to go to school anymore. I'm like, nah, man. Gosh, I wish I had it now. And to be honest, my mind even thinks even more that, man, if I'd have done real good at the master's, I might have been able to get a doctor paid for. But you know what? I didn't. There's disappointment in self. And, and, and maybe you can relate to that. Maybe there's someone here that you've been planning for retirement and you realize now, hey, things have come a lot quicker and looks like I'm going to have to keep working. Maybe you didn't plan right. Maybe you spent too much. Maybe you took too many trips to California. Um, so, so now you find yourself working and there's disappointment that you're not able to, to retire. And I'm sure Esau probably remembered the day that he sold the birthright. And the regret and the remorse and the disappointment and maybe even the anger. Maybe today you allow the enemy of your soul to put thoughts in your mind and realize that, hey, uh, you're a disappointment because you don't pray enough. You're a disappointment because you don't read the Bible enough. You're, you're disappointing to God because uh, you don't witness enough. And we could go on and on, and, and, and we, all, we all could be there. We, you, you're disappointed because you're not a good enough father, a, a good enough son. I, I have an 88-year-old mother, okay, and God has blessed her. She drives like a race car driver still. I can tell you this, that uh, six days a week she's out eating with someone. Her, her nieces take her all over. Nephews, they take her all over. She's eating. She's having fun, going to... Uh, the new theater, restaurant, movie, whatever, she's out and about. So God has blessed her, and I'm thankful. But uh, my mind tells me you're not a good enough son. You're just not there. And, and to be honest, maybe in the culture that I come from, I think that I should be really taking care of my mom. I think my mama should be living with me. I think that I should be financially providing for everything my mother needs, and, and there's disappointment because maybe I've not done all that. And maybe you're disappointed because you, like Peter, have warmed your hands at the enemy's fire. And when asked, aren't you one of his disciples? You're like, what are you, what are you talking about? Huh? You go to Passion Church? Huh? Well, Passion Church, where's that at? Didn't I see you there? No. The Bible says that after about the third time asked Peter, obviously, start cussing, denied the Lord. And in the book of Luke, it says this, at that moment, the rooster crowed. Peter denied him the third time. The book of Luke says Jesus looked at Peter. Can you imagine that look? 
Can you imagine that look that would penetrate you? Peter for three years has seen God in flesh. Peter for years has, has seen the, the transfiguration, the miracles that have happened. He's seen Jesus walk on water, but yet he's denied him. But we're no better. We've, we've been there. I've been there. We've all done it. We can't cast stones. We've all done it in, in some fashion. The book of Mark says this, that the angel said at the resurrection, go tell the disciples and Peter. At the day of Pentecost and, and throughout the book of Acts, there were 11 other disciples equally as qualified, no doubt. But why did God choose to use Peter to deliver these great sermons where thousands were saved. You see, uh, he was a disappointment at one time, but uh, that was just temporary. Okay, there, there's a, we can flip the script. There's something else. Fourthly, this is one that my, some of us may not want to admit, but we can be disappointed by God. I'm disappointed because my prayers don't get answered. I'm disappointed because a loved one dies or a tragedy. Two weeks ago, I did a funeral for a, a guy that grew up in my neighborhood, and uh, his best friend was there. And after the service, he comes up to me and says, Man, I wish I would have been a better friend to him. You see, we, we all struggle with disappointment but the disappointment in God on the, the pain of divorce and now you're left with a fractured family and your kids are apart and there's great disappointment maybe you blame God and I'm sure Esau questioned God as well it should have been me should have been me but and, and we can give Rebecca maybe a bad name on this deal and say that she was favoring Jacob and maybe she did maybe she didn't but a few chapters before then, Rebecca's inquiring of God. And God tells her, there's two nations in your womb. And the younger one will rule over the older one. Maybe that's why she did what she did. I know a lady who has struggled with infertility and she wanted to have a child so bad and for years never could, never could, never could. And finally she had a child and baby lived for some years and then passed away. She had another baby. This baby's sick as well and at the point of death. And I'm sure that we're questioning God. Why, oh, why? Why? Why is this happening and, and disappointing? I'm sure maybe you can relate. I'm sure you have disappointments. And you know what? Uh, one thing the book of Job can teach us is we can throw anything at God. You know, Job had his questions, and, and God can deal with your anger, your bitterness, your questions. And I, I remember as a young person, always my mom always said, you can't question God. But not, what? You're questioning God? I, I don't find that in Scripture. However... You may not like your, the answer you get. You, the answer may come later. The answer uh, may come like when God tells Job, hey, where were you when I put the stars in place and the sun and the moon and the boundaries of the ocean and, and realize that God's sovereign and, and he answers to no one, but uh, yet he may give you an answer. I don't know. I can tell you this. God's plan will always be greater and more beautiful 
than any of my disappointments. Some of you are wondering what I have here for Christmas. Babe, will you open this for me? Christmas present. I'm an art collector now. Oh, yeah, Pastor knows. Picasso, 1932. This picture was created by Pablo Picasso. It's called Le Rev, means the dream. It's changed hands a few times, not that many. Originally, early on, it was purchased for $7,000. But in 1997, a man named Steve Wynn purchased it for $50 million. Steve Wynn, uh, the Mirage Hotel, he now has the Wynn uh, Resort and Casino. Uh, billionaire, obviously, $50 million is nothing to him. So he purchased this one picture. Now it's a lot bigger. The original is maybe this big. $50 million. How would you like to have that budget, Pastor, huh? The tithe. <laughs> I know that's right. And Steve Wentz said, I want this picture so bad because when I came to Vegas, all I had was a dream. And he would proudly display it at his hotels around Las Vegas. And he got the opportunity to buy 20 more pictures. And a man named Steve Cohen, another rich guy from, he was a hedge fund manager in New York, says he wants to buy the picture and get this. He offers Wynn $139 million for this one picture. You don't have to be very good at math to know that's an $89 million profit. And Wynn agreed to do so. And the day before the picture was to, to leave, it, he throws a party. The likes of Barbara Walters is there and some athletes and celebrities are there and a big old party and they're celebrating and, and Wynn gets up and Steve Wynn has an a eye disease disorder that affects his peripheral vision. And he tends to use a lot of gestures and hands when he talks and as he's talking about the dream and it's going to be leaving, he loses his balance. And now he puts his hand out to catch himself and his hand goes through the dream. And the dream now becomes the nightmare, and the dream is torn, it's ripped, it's destroyed, and maybe you can relate to that because you've had some dreams. And maybe not by your own choice, maybe by someone else, maybe some decisions you've made, your life too has become torn and destroyed. The, the dreams that you've had now seem to be nightmares or, or just a, a fading glimpse, a, a, a hope of something that may happen, but you don't see it ever happening. He now has the task of calling Steve Cohen and letting him know that I've destroyed the dream. Explains the situation to him and he says, don't worry, he says, I'm going to pay you the $139 million back, he says, because I'm an art lover, I will gladly lose the $89 million profit to keep this picture with me. And after more conversation, Cohen says, you're an idiot, you lost 89 
million dollars. For some people, that might push them over the edge and cause them to commit suicide. And that's the truth. So Wynn then began to search, and he began to search for an art restorer, different than an art repairer, an art restorer. And he finds a man in Europe, and he flies him to the United States, and the man says, I can do it. I can see how I can do it, but you have to be patient with me. It's going to take time. Isn't that true in our lives as well? Then when God is restoring us, it's a process. There, there are some, I mean, the Apostle Paul wasn't, he was Saul, but it was like 13 years later before he's Paul, okay? Uh, my wife has quite a, quite a story. It's a process. Her life has been a process. Your life's a process, and so he, he finds this guy, and the guy agrees to do it, and he can fix it. And now art inspectors come after it's fixed, and they begin to, to look, and they see how great it is, and they're going, that's perfect. And you may see people's lives, and you may see celebrity preachers, or you may see your pastors. Or, and I've had people tell me about my wife. Man, I, I would have never guessed anything like that. I would have never known that she had that kind of story because all we see is the front. We, we, we just see the front, but in reality, the back, there's all kinds of repair marks. And, and, and we don't always see that. We don't always see the hurts and the pains. You don't see what these people have to go through for the price of ministry. You don't know the pain that they've had to endure and the things that maybe they've suffered because of the gospel's sake. Isaiah 53 says this, He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. And today, disappointments are very real and Some people quit because of them. Some people lose the faith because of them. I, I'm, I'm not going to go to church anymore. I, for, I'm, I'm going to forget about God. He's let me down. He's let me down. Or she's no longer my best friend. She's let me down. She's let me down. And then the phone rings for Steve Wynn, and it's Steve Cohen. He says, I've seen the pictures. I've heard the stories. The dream has been restored, he said. I want to buy the dream. I'll now give you $155 million for the dream. Do you understand that's, that's what God does? Your value becomes greater. Okay, your, your worth is so much more, more significant because of the restoring power of Jesus Christ in your life and in my life. Today, I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what life has sent your way and torn and, and shredded and maybe think that you've lost your dream. You know, when I come to this church, maybe the guy I'm most proud of when I come here is Austin. I love seeing what God is doing in his life. Austin, brother, I know you got dreams. And I don't know what God's going to do with you, but you got dreams. Maybe you've never shared them with anyone and and I believe God's going to do something great and incredible for you. Let me give you a word of advice from an old man. 
Listen to what I have to say. Be careful who you share your dreams with. That doesn't mean not to share them with people, but be careful who you share your dreams with. I've shared my heart with people only to be stabbed and torn. I want to tell you, Passion Church, there's, there's dream. This is just the beginning. This is just the beginning. This is, this is not even the, a thumbful nail print. Not, there is more to come, okay? This, this, this property here was used at one point, I guess, for, for the, the eclipse. People came all over. You know what? I'm believing God that people are going to come all over to see the revival fire burn. That's what I'm believing for. There's dreams alive in here in Passion Church. I don't care if you're 90 okay, or I don't care if you're 10, I don't care how old you are, there are dreams inside here, there are, God is still going to do something amazing, this is nothing here, folks, we're going to, he's already given the vision in, th in three months or less, two services, it might be three or four services, who knows before you get in there, but your goal and your desire is going to be do whatever you can to get the gospel out in this area, bow your heads with me if you would, this morning, I'm here to challenge you this morning to not let your dreams die. I'm here to challenge you not to give up or lose hope because someone has torn your dream or, or you feel like it's been shredded or strampled, stampled on. God is a restorer. He He's a healer. He, he makes all things new. Isn't that great? He, make, he gives us beauty for ashes. If you're here this morning and you feel like maybe whatever the dream is, I don't need to know what it is. God knows. You know. If you are here this morning and you feel like, man, feel like uh, something's happened to my dream, and I, I want God to restore that. I want God to give it back to me. I, 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 I still want to dream again. I, I still believe. I, even though I've been hindered for a little bit and, and, and weak in my faith uh, just a little bit, I, I, I want to dream again. Is there anyone like that here this morning? If you would just raise your hand and say, I, I want to dream again. I see a hand. I see another hand. I see another hand. I see another hand. Uh, God is a God of vision, okay? He can do incredibly great things in and through you. I don't know if you would even want to be so brave to, to step forward and, and allow me to pray for you, and there's nothing about me, trust me. There is nothing about me. I, I, you know, Pastor Lonnie was saying all these nice things and, about me, and I was wondering who he was talking about. But I'll tell you what, we serve a big God. We serve a God who, who can restore, and, and he's restored me, and he can restore you. If you're here this morning and, and you've kind of lost hope and you've lost your dream a little bit, but you, you want to step out and dream again, I'm going to encourage you to come up here. I, I would love to pray with you. I would love to pray with you and, and seek God on your behalf. If, if, if you're here today and, and you want to do that, please come forward. Is there any dreamers here? I, I have one. I, I have another. I, I have another. Oh, God, we thank you for people who are willing to be passionate about dreams. I have another. I have another. God is a way maker this morning. God can do this torn little 
shredded life we have, he can make it into something magnificent. Father God, I thank you for the people who have been bold and passionate and willing to take a stand for you, God. Father, I pray for Passion Church and its people, these people that have come up here, God, that you would just uh, enlarge their dream, God. Enlarge their territory, so to speak, God. Father, that you would use these people mightily for your glory, Father. That they can't even comprehend or, or even think about what's going to happen because of your greatness and your goodness that's going to transpire in their lives, Father. We thank you, God, for that. We thank you that you're able to make a way where there is no way, God. We thank you that people's destinies will be revealed to them and purpose will be given to them, Father. Thanks for listening to this podcast. We would love to connect with you on Facebook or Instagram at Passion Church Mo. Until next time, God bless.